all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Encouraging you on your spiritual path. And I am ready to say yes to spirit. That's why I came. If I... One morning, if I don't feel like saying yes to spirit, I just won't come. You think that would be the thing? Or should I come? Did we find where we need a camera in the studio? <laughs> so that people can see the really mean look that I'm giving you. Like, what do you mean you would not come? I was just, if I wasn't ready to say yes to spirit, I would have to just stay home. No, that's uh, not. I should come anyway. Yes, you should because by the time you left, you would be ready to say yes to spirit. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? To force ourselves or force myself to do something sometimes and then getting there and doing it. And how perfect is that for our topic today, which is self-sabotage? Right. How many times do we do things or do we tell ourselves we don't need to do things okay. that we know are good for us? And we stop sabotage our growth and our success. Thank you for giving that perfect Gosh. example for our theme for yeah. today. Man, I wasn't even connecting that, but yeah. <laughs> so if you are joining us for the first time, um, every week we have a theme, and then we dive into that theme and talk about what does it have to do with saying yes to spirit or how does saying yes to spirit relate to and connect to that particular theme or idea. So our theme today is self-sabotage, and we will get more deeply into that in just a few minutes. But what we also do at the top of the show every week is to talk about last week's topic and connect the dots between the two. Manifestation process. Right. The manifesting process was last week. And we talked about conceive, believe, achieve, and receive. Right. Um, and so, Leslie, <laughs> connect the dots. You know, I have to tell you that I talked to a couple of different people about the idea of achieving not being the end. Cause yes, because we <laughs> talked about it as what we do is in our actions is the process of achieving the goal. Right. And I thought that was really, and I'm, you know, when it's hard for me to get my head around something, I have to keep talking about it, talking about it. And I finally did. And I, and I also thought, boy, that's cool because they all three rhyme, conceive, believe, achieve, receive. receive. Conceive is the first one. Right. Say yes. But I like that. And I thought it is in the achieving phase then. It is in my actions that I become self-sabotaging. Yes. And so the connected dots would be, as I self-sabotage, I divert the entire manifestation process. Yes. And how? Are you saying yes to spirit? <laughs> okay. 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 It's going to be an interesting show. And, uh, 
And uh, I was thinking that that is a powerful thing that I can absolutely, like, put a wrench in the entire manifestation process through my self-sabotage. So that was, I was really thinking about that when I left last week, thinking ahead to today's topic. But it applies still today, a week later. Yeah, and maybe by thinking about it last week, then you, like, lived it all <laughs> week long. But, no, I, I do. I love that. I, lo- I think that is a great way to connect the dots between where we ended last week, what we're going to get into today, and and um, so we'll do that right after the break. Awesome. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path with Leslie and Tracy. Yeah. Oh, I thought of something else right at the end when you said, you know, connect to the end of last week. Aren't we kind of in a theme month about intentions and the manifestation process and kind of going through a series of topics that talk about keeping us, you know, kind of aware and in tune and connected to our new year, new us? Yeah, we are. So, I mean, there are four topics. They are connected. Um, So we did start with 2012 intentions uh, on the first week of the year, or actually the last day of last year. Right. On New Year's Eve, we talked about intentions versus resolutions, and intentions for 2012, and then we came back the next week and talked about manifestation, manifesting, how do we manifest, what do we do, what's the process that happens that moves things from intention to actual experience, which of course then leads us into this conversation about how we sabotage ourselves along the way, even when we have really clear intentions and even when we believe, you know, that we want or can do something, what happens when we are sabotaging ourselves? And then next week we will talk all about receiving. Yes, and that's what I'm excited about because for those of you who have not joined us in the last two weeks, that is Tracy's New Year theme. Receiving with an exclamation mark. Yes, and when she says it, can we not get a webcam before that for that week? Because even when you just say that word, <laughs> something transforms in you. Your eyes light up. You smile. Yes, it is definitely. I just want to be in the ripple year. effect of Tracy Brown receiving this year. This is your year. It really is to receive everything that I want, desire, and claim. But that's next week. So no (laughs) self-advertising for you then. That's next week. So it's really important for us to talk about self-sabotage because I think um, for many, many years I have unintentionally or unknowingly 
sabotaged some of what I could have received. So, you know, there are obvious times when, when we do that, when, we, when I have done that, when I have known, ah, I really, if I really want this, whatever it is, I need to do A, B, C, and D. And I might do A and B and then think, I don't know, I need to do C, but I just don't feel like it. I don't want to be bothered. Or I don't want to have to go through, I don't want to have to work that hard. And I'm not, I may not make a, a, a conscious, specific choice not to receive, but I make that interim choice of just doing the things that aren't going to get me there. And in some ways, you know, and I look back at it, I can say, oh, I sabotaged my own success. Nobody else got in the way. I'm the one who didn't do the work. I'm the one who didn't step up. But, um, you know, those are almost easy to look at. There are a lot of other subtle ways that I think we sabotage ourselves that it, we really don't realize that's what we're doing. Is it too much of a therapy question to ask you why you sabotaged yourself in the ways when you knew you were sabotaging yourself? Do you see a theme as to what was causing you to do that? <laughs> that is a therapy it's question. It's a good question, though. Still, I think it's a valid question. It is, but see, it's an easy yeah. answer. What so depending it? on the situation, you, you know, I can go through in my life every possible thing. Well... On some things, I was afraid. Some things, I was stuck in shame. Some things, I, you know, if I look back over my ah, life, okay. so you know, with fear or shame or worthiness or, I mean, you know, when I look back at big things especially, right. okay. I don't think there's a pattern of it all going back to one uh, one cause. But at different stages of my life, depending on what it was, uh-huh. like, yeah, anything that's on the list of most common reasons we stop ourselves from success, oh, I've experienced every one of them at some point along the way. And as you were experiencing them, did you know it was happening? Or did you just think, I'm just too tired, I just really can't do that last piece? Or did you really think, oh, I, you know, it's too hard or I probably won't get it anyway? I mean, in the moment, did you have any self-awareness or do you recall? I think my level of self-awareness was different for different things. So if I go way back, and which for whatever reason, I haven't thought about this in years, but it just popped into my mind. So if I go way back to grad school and working on my master's, and I really did not like the school, and I really did not like the program, and I really... I was okay with the people most the, that I interacted with the majority of the time, um, but it wasn't like I was excited. It was just like okay, and um, and I decided basically to leave grad school when all I had left to do was write my dissertation. Wow. And I think I might have had, well, I had to take a three-hour class, which was related to writing uh-huh. the dissertation, sure. and write the dissertation. And I decided to leave grad school. So when I look back at that, I didn't consciously um, see that I was doing self-sabotage, but I can look back now and see, I partly I didn't want to, 
finish the program because the guy I was dating who used, who then later became my husband, he wasn't doing well in school, He and he didn't like it, and he had quit. And there was a part of me that was sabotaging me being having more success. Oh, see, that's a good one to talk yeah. about. Uh-huh. Right. But at the that's time, did I, was I conscious of that? No. It was like, we're, you know, my commitment in life is to this particular person. Uh-huh. And, you know, and there was something in me that knew he might be uncomfortable if I had the degree and he didn't. And probably there was something in me that would have felt a little uncomfortable if I had the degree and he didn't. But if I if I were if I had been conscious of it at that point in my life, I would have said I didn't want to make him uncomfortable or feel less than. Uh huh. Um, but when I was making the decision, none of that was conscious. So was it not conscious that he would be? No, because yeah. the, my reasons for doing it were were for me at that time on uh-huh. a conscious level. Right. I really wasn't having a good time. I didn't like didn't the like work. The school, yeah. I didn't like the school. Um, it, I wanted to get a job full time instead of part time and start making some money. It's you know that that early twenties. I've been in school forever, and I just want to be more independent and self sufficient. And I want to be down in the city, you know, ninety miles away where he is, so we can get on with our life together. You know, with all of that. Look at you, Tracy Brown. So you rationalize, right. and I think that's probably one of the biggest things around self-sabotage. Right? Even when we, when we have set a clear goal or we have set a clear intention, and we believe we can have it in that action stage as we're executing, as we're doing things, then the story we tell ourselves determines whether or not we actually complete. Right. And I really felt like, you know, I don't, I, I don't really need this. I can go out here and get a job, and I will have a great life, and I'm an adult now, and I'm on my own, and, you know, blah, 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 all of the messages that I told myself. And I did leave. I went and got a job, a job that I actually liked, a job that ultimately a few years later brought me to Dallas. Um, and I was working with people I liked, learning stuff applying what I already knew. So, you know, and the relationship was really good. And so it was really interesting that it was years and years later that I looked back and said, huh, you really sabotaged something that was important to you. And nobody else did it to you. Nobody said you had to drop out. Nobody said you couldn't do it. Right. For me. Right. That's so interesting. That's a, that's, a, that's a good story. A very appropriate story for today's show because it says a couple of different things. Is A, a lot of times you're self-sabotaging because you think we're helping someone else. Yeah. But that's just a a facade, a veil to our own something. Too often. Right, right. And the other part of that story that I liked is that you convinced yourself somehow that if you had gone through and done a three-hour class and done the dissertation, that you wouldn't be able to have a husband and a job and all of that. It was like, it seemed like, it sounded like you had created this either-or kind of thing in your head but at I the time. Know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking back now and, and saying, oh, I bet I, 
I know that was probably there in the subconscious, but I never did that consciously. You know, I, I, I do remember that. I never thought that consciously. You just were going for the care. You just were going for what you wanted, which was the marriage and the city and the job. At the time, that's right. where my consciousness was. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, and, and what's funny is, and you know, I bet this applies to people who are listening. There are times if you see how you're self-sabotaging your own goals or intentions. Uh, you know, when I think back now, if that had come up to the surface, uh-huh. at the level of independent person that I was at that point in my life already, I would have been like, oh, no, not finish school because it might make him uncomfortable. Oh, no, he needs to get a grip because I'm a strong, smart, independent black woman <laughs> who's going to keep things in the world. Oh, that's so funny. And so he just there needs to get it together. If he can't deal with me being successful, then he's not the right person for me to have in my life. I mean, I know I would have gone there. Wow. If it had gone on the, come on the conscious level. And... Um, you know, and I do remember he was someone who was encouraging me to stay, actually, and finish school. So it wasn't like he was saying you should not finish school, but it wasn't a message coming from him. So, But on a subconscious level, I, I can see now that was probably there. I just didn't allow it to come forth because I locked on to a rationalization that made sense. Yes. And made me happy in the moment. Yeah, there's an idea. Is our self sabotage sometimes create something that kind of soothes us in the moment, not pushing through whatever it is shame, this you know, um, not feeling like we deserve it, all those classic things of why we self sabotage does the thing that we choose give us a temporary relief or a momentary high and we get to not deal with that thing and then that thing is just going to keep coming up again and again and again. And again and again and again. And I'm I'm smiling because it's a temporary high. Yeah, um, you go do this and temporarily for the next 20 years. Oh, man, that's a long temporary high. That's good. Right. You know, go go, um, go forget your dreams and who you are for the next 20 years and then one day look up and go, wow, wait a minute. I always was a person who was going to do X or Y. What happened to that person? I, and I think um, many adults, you know, get into their 40s. You know, we have that, that phrase, midlife crisis. Right. right. I think many adults get into their mid-40s and go, wait a minute, who have I become? Right. I have sabotaged my own best self. I have sabotaged who I was created to be. Because in that case, a lot of times, because I didn't really believe this. I really didn't believe I could do that. And that's a little bit different than sabotaging a goal or an intention that you were clear about. Oh, I see, yeah. Just not believing it to begin with. Right. Yeah. I wonder if somehow if we use other words besides self-sabotage that are more pleasant. Like? 
for example, and I'm thinking, you, I thought you used one in, when you were talking. It's something like, well, we might just say, you know, I'm going to choose this, or um, I, I, I'll do this for the kids, or I'll do this for my husband, or I'll do this for my church, or I'll do this for, you know, and we sort of put ourselves second in kind of fairly valid on paper reasons, but again, it's it's a, it's we use we don't use the word sabotage. We use the word you know dutiful or loyal or caring or you know invested or self-sacrificing or you know, these other words. Yeah, when we're really sabotaging ourselves because we don't believe how extraordinary we are. And we don't think we can have both ends. That we can be a fabulous parent and you know, and in some situations certainly there's there's a give and take. But I think you said you gave up the soul of who you were or something like you know, you gave up what was your phrase? For twenty years you put aside who you were meant to be. Sounds like something I would <laughs> say. really dramatic. It sounded like it was really important that you gave up for 20 years that and people I, can right. do that. And then we think at some level that, you know, the both and, I love the idea of both and because, um, you know, a lot of times I will think, well, I've got to do this and so I can't do that. And I don't ever consider the idea that it can be a both and. Well, I, I I am agreeing with you, actually, and I'm sitting here thinking about this could be, this topic of self-sabotage could be a really big and wide territory, uh-huh. especially as we look at kind of all the different ways it might show up or it might um, be, it might come to our, our lives. And so since we, and so it might be helpful for us to go in and narrow that field a little bit and talk about those situations like in this series where <clears throat> you set a very clear intention for uh-huh. your life, for your year. Let's even bring it down to for your year. You set an intention for the year 2012, and you believe that that is an important and valuable and desirable way to be or thing to accomplish. And then talk about what are things we do in the manifestation process that can sabotage us. Because I'm 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 thinking, wow, you know, if we start looking at when you're 15 or 20 or even 30 and you say, this is who I want to be in the world, and then you come back 20 years later and realize you sabotage yourself. That's heavy. It's heavy, yeah. (laughs) And since we're doing this series primarily to focus in on, for ourselves and for our listeners, to focus in on what do I do with these intentions that I set this year, Maybe I should narrow it. <laughs> ah, did you set your intention along with your theme to receive? You want to say that another again or another way? Did Did you set 
intentions for your year, or do you just have a theme for your year to receive? Oh, well, my theme, every year I end up with two or three intentions. Okay. I don't have them yet for 2012, but I have my theme, which is really interesting because I had my theme way before the end of the year. I knew it was going to be my theme for the entire year 2012. And usually it's the other way around, that I start getting really clear about some of the intentions I have for the year, either how I want to be as a person or something that I physically, literally want to achieve. And then those intentions start pointing toward what the theme is. Ah. That's more of a typical pattern, but this year it's, it's 2012 and it's very <laughs> different. The world is... Shifting. Yeah. So um, I have been journaling and I have been, um, I've done some visioning, but I don't actually have, we're two weeks into the year, and I don't actually have my formalized intentions yet. And see, I don't do intentions. You don't do resolutions. Do, do you think that's the problem, Tracy? Do you think that's why I... I don't do intentions. I don't set, I don't, I don't do New Year's resolutions or New Year's intentions. Well, um, it doesn't have to be something that you do at January 1. Um, anytime we are living our life intentionally, anytime we are living our life in Speaking. a way that is... Um, Fulfilling a divine design, purpose filled, then we are purposeful, <coughs> purposeful and we sh should. Ooh, I hardly ever use the word should. We, we could. It is helpful it is to have to. very clear intentions yes. about what we want to have in our life and who we want to be and how we want to be. And so, um, so you might not have intentions based on the calendar year, but I'm guessing you have some we would intentions. hope. Maybe. <laughs> well, if I don't, then that is the problem. I was thinking very carefully. I was thinking, I sure hope you have some intentions. You're a good friend, Tracy. You set me up. So if you don't, we could take a break and you could think of some and we'll come back and talk about them. <laughs> you know, I have I have had a attention an intention um, the discipline of life. I had a spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, who was the priest of the Christian Mystic Group that I was a part of, and she now lives in Maine. And um, I call her each week and uh, do different kinds of suggestions that she has, and she's kind of a part of my spiritual journey, and one of the things that she asks me to do is give her daily notes, and I have so resisted that practice uh -huh. for about five or six months. I've been supposed to be doing daily notes, and over a five or six month period, I've probably done, I don't know, three weeks total. I'll get like on a run, do four or five days in a row, and then weeks will go by. And... Um, it's really interesting to watch myself at night because I have an I have a fabulous observer eye. 
if you if if, yes. if you're uh unaware of what that is, it's a kinda like this kind of detached view. It's a it's a way to keep perspective. It's for me it's been very useful for me spiritually and therapeutically when I'm in a difficult time that I can kind of detach from the emotion of it and yes, you know, it's not as if I literally leave my body and watch myself. It's just this this detachment and it's not a cold even detachment. It's just a disconnect mm-hmm. in the moment and I can experience what's going on around me with a certain amount of almost entertainment value. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's really what I've done the last couple of weeks in terms of this daily note that I'm really focusing back in on in the last month. Because I think I did in my mind think, oh, it's 2012, this is a great time to just forgive myself for all my past months of not doing it, and surely this will do it. And so the last couple of nights I get home, and I have an Internet card, so I have to set my laptop on and put the Internet card in it and turn it on and connect to the Internet. Those are the three processes I have to do. And literally all I have to do is put an email that says daily note in the subject line and Mm -hmm. right underneath I'm alive. And that counts as a daily note. That's it. That's it. And the last week I've gotten to the point where I started out, I didn't even get the laptop out of the car. And I figured out ways to justify, oh, I'm just too tired. Oh, it's too cold. Oh, it's too late. Oh, I don't know where my keys are. And then I would get the laptop out of the car to the table, and I'd be so proud. Oh, I've got the laptop. I'm ready. I'm, and then I would just exhaust myself with that pride and joy that I had the laptop in the house, right? <laughs> Literally, I got and last night was the first time I got to the phase where I wrote, you know, so glad I'm writing a daily note. I will try to write more tomorrow. And it's taken me a week, and I've watched myself, you know, really give myself all kinds of permission to not do the simplest thing that I know will bring me because really, for me, the key of routine and the key of discipline yeah. is huge. It is huge. That is big for you. And it's been really big for me. So I know the payoff of that is really good. It's very powerful. And to watch myself convince myself that I just don't need it. And, you know, and I'll sit there. One night I went through this whole thing. Well, I don't believe in a punishing God. So, therefore, if I don't do the daily notes, then I'm not going to be punished. Something bad's going to happen to me. Why do I need to do the daily notes? Nobody else I know does a daily note. Oh, for the love of God, that's asking too much. It's dramatic. And so, it really, and I, and all along, there's a little tiny part of me, that still small voice we talk about, that says, you know, Leslie, it's, it's the joy of doing what you said you would do, of of being um, in integrity, of being, uh, you know, it, it would be one thing if I just said, Reverend Beatrice, I just can't do this. It's just right, and much. then it would be off the road, it would be well, done. Yeah. But I'm wanting to do it, I know it's good for me, I'm saying I'm going to do it. So just to even stay in the integrity of following through, that is an amazing gifts that I would be giving myself. So that self-sabotage has been alive and well at about 11.30 to 12.15 a.m. at my house every night this last week. That is so interesting. And, you know, there are some pretty standard examples like um, when you see and hear yourself over and over, I should do this, I should do this. It's like, okay, why am I not doing it? 
if it's something I want to do um, versus I should do this because somebody else is standing over me. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's like a positive should. Oh, yeah. It's a good should. Right, the the kind of the parental thing. Because then a lot of times it's just rebellion that keeps us from doing it and we're reacting to someone else. But when we're talking about self-sabotage, it's like what is it that makes you procrastinate? What is it that makes you just simply argue yourself out of doing it? Um, and especially like you, I love that example because there's, there are so many times for those of us who have any level of spiritual connection you know, you have that ability to kind of be the observer, observing what you are doing. Mm-hmm. And just observing it doesn't make you stop. No, it's just or crazy. Change. That's right. You just observe. Well, there she goes huh. again. Yeah. I, I, I'm really a spiritually mature person. Why am I doing that? <laughs> or I, I really am a person who prides myself on integrity. That is so out of integrity with my commitment to myself <laughs> right, right. or my commitment to Reverend Beatrice or my commitment to my neighbor or my commitment to, you know, to tithe. Why am I sabotaging my own commitment to tithe or to do something to volunteer four hours a week? You know, as you were speaking, I thought of um, something that happened about five or six months ago and it was a similar thing. I don't really actually, to be honest with you, remember the specifics of the of the thing that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. But I was I was actually emailing Reverend Beatrice, and I was processing the experience of not doing it. And as I was writing about not doing it and how badly I felt, I, I got to this point where I said, you know, I need forgiveness. I'm looking oh, to be forgiven. And I set this whole thing up to have this spectacular failure in order for this person to come in and say, it's okay, Leslie, I still love you. You're forgiven. I'm like, oh, poor sad little Leslie. (laughs) And it was really an awful moment. And I thought, you know, there's a simpler way (laughs) that I could just be loved than to have to, you know, do something really dramatic in a self-sabotaging way and harm, you know, not harm physically, but, you know, emotionally perhaps let someone down and then have them come back around and sue me. Boy, that's just a web, isn't it? But it was an interesting thing, and I think on some level, and I know that this is, Tracy will say, I get caught up in this, and this is why I stay somewhat stuck in terms of wanting to understand why. Um, (laughs) Like, oh, yeah. But uh, there is there is some interest and some value sometimes to understanding the underlying reason the pattern is there, unless we have the Eckhart Tolle moment and it just poof goes away. Oh yeah. So my understanding that it's somewhat about needing forgiveness or wanting to be loved even if I fail, feeling like you know if somebody if I failed and I wasn't perfect would I still be lovable? that kind of core issue of seeing myself right that was really, that was healing for me. I don't think I've still done the thing probably that I was supposed to be doing. But they, <laughs> you didn't need to anymore. That's true. I didn't know that really was true. I didn't need to do anymore. I got the message, the meaning and the message. 
So um, we were talking a few minutes ago about intentions, and I said I hadn't set mine for this year, but what that made me re think about was last year, 2011, oh, yes. um, recently I came across my um, notes from an all-day retreat called Set Your Intention, Chart Your Course, which we did in wow. January of 2011. You found that. That's very cool. And I remember in the rest of January and February and probably March, like probably through the whole first quarter, maybe into early April, that I have the worksheet from that retreat with me. And I would look at them, I, you know, have them in my journal. Or, you know, I looked at them several times a week, maybe not every day, but several times a week. And then in the course of life and, you know, how things go and traveling and working and studying, and I know that I have not seen these notes. I know I have not seen them since April of 2011. Wow. So they just popped back in. And face. so I um, looked, uh, so it was really interesting to go back and say, well, what were the intentions uh -huh. I set? at the beginning of 2011. And um, one of the intentions was dare to dream. And my note beneath that was an really answer the question, what do I really want? What do uh -huh. I really want? Like my life to be here and all that. Dare to dream. And dare to dream was my theme last year. Right. And um, but it came not it didn't come first it came from all the different kinds of things I was thinking about and wanting to do and it became clear that I needed to be clear and I needed to picture and, and envision a bigger life ah. and that would 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 require me to dream something more than just what I had already created or what I and what was so critical about that intention, which then my my theme was just the word dream, but the daily dream was the intention. And what was so interesting about that was not having seen this paper again since April, around June or July, I remember thinking last year, my theme for the year is dream, and what I know how to do is set goals. I know how to choose, and I know how to plan, and I know how to execute on that plan. But if I ever knew how to dream, I have forgotten how. And I would, I would think back to even being a small child, and I realized I really don't think I ever learned to dream, like really dream. And, you know, like something really huge or big. Yeah. I could I could set a goal of something that was really huge or big, but it was still something I could see how I could get there. It's something you could plan the steps for. So um, so that was interesting. That was by June or July, and I was thinking, here's my theme for the year, and I had no idea how to do it. Wow. And then in August at our center, we started the Prosperity Plus class. Yes. And I signed up for the class, and I kept thinking, I know the steps for prosperity 
And I, even though I haven't been manifesting in the way that I used to, from a financial prosperity point of view, I, I, it's like I knew how to do it. Why am I signing up for this class, spending the money, you know, to do that now? But I kept being pulled to it. And in the very first class, I, I said, I'm not absolutely sure why I'm taking this class, but I think it has more to do with the plus than the prosperity. Oh. that was the name of the class. Uh-huh. And that's exactly right, because the plus part is living your life in a way that then, you know, generates the prosperity. And the big part of the plus was having a very clear vision for what it is you want to do and, and what is your dream or what would you love to have in your life and how you would love to have your life be two to three years from now. Did they use the word dream? And they didn't use the word dream, they used the word vision. Create your vision. Okay. Create your vision. Here are the elements of a vision. Here are the tests if, if the vision is big enough. And, you know, and if, 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 if it's not, if it doesn't make you feel this way, and if it doesn't oh. fit this, then it's not big enough. Oh, it's so not, that would be a dream. Yeah. It's not God's vision for your life. You know, if you can just see your way to it. So I'm like, oh, now I can look back, look at my intentions that were set at the beginning of the year and realize everything on the physical plane was saying, don't sign up for this class. But there was an intuition about it, uh -huh. and it is the thing that broke through for me. Wow. That ability to get excited uh -huh. about a bigger vision and to begin to dream what that could be and be, like, really excited and enthusiastic about it. And I'm like, oh, self-sabotage would have been if I had followed that kind of mental message of why are you spending the money to do this? Right. You already know, you, you know, you've been to 20 prosperity classes, workshops, seminars, in your lifetime, you've read everything that Catherine Ponder ever wrote about prosperity. You've read Edwin Gaines. You've read Eric Butterworth. You, I mean, my brain was ticking off all uh -huh. of these conscious, physical reasons. I didn't need to take that class. You don't believe in a punishing God. Yes. <laughs> but there was this little inner, tiny whisper, you know, a uh -huh. small whisper uh -huh. that kept saying, this is a class you need to take. It's not that expensive. Do it. Just do it. You know, uh -huh. go forward. And literally that was what laid the foundation for a major breakthrough that now has me ready to actually receive all of that. I can't. That has that I never in your eye. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. Throw that Thank for you. you. Say that word. Yeah. So it, so it was interesting to see that in this particular case, I didn't let my mind, my brain, not my mind, because my mind knew. I didn't let my brain and my ego sabotage. I actually paid attention to my intuition and went down a path, did something that my brain was saying, you don't really need to do that. Oh, no. Listening to my brain would have, I would be looking now saying, you know, I felt that draw to go take that class, but I just, I didn't think I really needed it. And it would have been me right. getting in the way. Right. And I 
am really interested in, the, in something that came to me as you were talking about the idea of that little small voice when it speaks. We mm-hmm. pretty much throughout all religions believe it's the intuition, it's God, it's spirit, it's universe, it's our higher knowing, it's Christ consciousness, whatever we call it. And for us not to follow it is self-sabotage. Absolutely it is. Period. End of story. And that self-sabotage, that is my free will Yes. to step in and say, no, I'm not going to follow that small, still voice. I think so many times I'll hear people say in therapy or I'll say it, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And that really is authentically not the case. If we stop and we journal or we stop and we meditate or we stop and we talk to a, a, a spiritual friend or we stop and we pray, there will be an inclination. There will be a you know, a, a nudge. There will be some direction pointed for us. And for us to just mow through it and not follow it or not think about it or not take the time to discover it, all of those little things are really self-sabotage. And that seems like such a big self-sabotage. But it's a, that's exactly what it is. It is. It, it, I think that we do that. Um, almost all of us do that even more often than we realize it. But it's especially sad when we do it, when we really have felt the nudge. We really have heard the intuition, and then we deny it or we ignore it. And, you know, there are so many times we don't even really notice it. We're too busy going down Mm -hmm. this other path. Mm -hmm. But we don't slow down and do the meditation. We don't ask for spiritual guidance. And so I think, you know, for the sh- for us in the link to this saying yes to spirit, it really is all about creating that process that allows us to train ourselves to hear and connect in with that intuition and then follow it. Right. That's 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 all all three steps. See it you know, hear it and then do it. Yeah. And when I think back to the the retreat I was talking about, one of the things that we did in the retreat that I think was designed to help us do that is once we set what the said what the intentions were, then the next step was to start brainstorming about what specific actions you could do that would support that intention. Yes. And some of them might be things you're already doing and some of them might be different. And then if those are the kinds of actions you could take, then choosing, you know, some specific actions that you would take and then some spiritual practices that would support you Mm -hmm. with the intention and action. And so it was really interesting when I looked at mine related to Dairy Dream, I said that I was going to do some visioning about being able to dream bigger and that I was going to um, work more with a uh, licensed practitioner, like you know, have kind of a, a coach or someone who could remember my truth when I couldn't, uh-huh. you know, and uh-huh. kind of hold that firmly. Um, and that I would hold myself accountable to really choose, like really choose what I want to have in my life. But in April, 
I mean, you know, I don't. I was not doing very much toward it, but thinking about it. <laughs> you know, reading my notes. Still thinking about it. Still looking at it every other day. I'm sure if I went back to my journal, there were times when I was journaling about it, and I was laying a really good foundation. I can see that now, a year later. But at the time, I was probably feeling like nothing much is happening here. But mm. like I said, by June or so, or early July, I got it that I really just don't know how to dream. I don't know how to do this. I've been doing stuff for wow. six months, but I really don't know how to do this. And it's interesting now I can look back and see that a, a whole series of things happened. So in late July, I started being a prayer partner with an experienced practitioner, which which hit right the into the category of the spiritual practice of working with a practitioner. But when I started doing that, I had completely forgotten uh-huh. that that was in the you know work that I had done back in January and was kind of the plan that I had set out. Um, the class came up in August. Uh-huh. I have no nothing in my written action steps about taking a class on prosperity Can't, or uh-huh. any of that. And it's like, okay, the universe, spirit, God, started laying these things out in front of me the week after I said, I really don't know how to do this. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Dream is my theme, and I'm committed to that, but I clearly don't know how to do it. And I wasn't frustrated, but I surrendered. Yes. I surrendered and got out of the way. You you said, I don't know how to do it, and then you opened yourself up to hearing how to do it. You didn't just relinquish your... Yeah, I didn't go, I don't know how to do this. Forget it. Forget it. No dreaming for me. I want to live a small life. Forget Marianne Williamson's quote about we're afraid to... You know, that we might live big. I'm going to live small. Yeah. It wasn't that. I know. No, it wasn't yes. that. So that's a good, yeah. And it wasn't a desperation of, oh, please, God, I'm in big trouble. I don't know how to do this. You need to do it for me. Ah. Make, wave your magic wand and make it all right. It wasn't that either. It was just, I didn't even realize I was making a request for help. Now, looking yeah, back, I right. just remember saying, noticing after journaling one day that, or maybe I was journaling about it, but I just remember noticing, huh, my theme is dare to dream. My theme is dream. And I, and I think I just realized I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But the universe does. But the, and I didn't even say that you consciously. You didn't say that, yeah. But, but I think that was the space I was in, because I had been diligently working on it since January. I had been journaling. I had been reviewing my intentions. I had been using the word. I had, you know, I talked about the importance of dreams. I shared that my theme for the year was dreams. And when I got to, you know, that mid-year point of, huh, I don't know how to do this. And I've released it yes. more so than, you know, it's a great example of how we pray even when we are not in formal prayer. Oh, yeah, we're always praying, I think, yeah. We're always communicating. You know, that reminds me, um, I have a really good friend who has a fabulous therapist, and his 
he's in recovery and he's recovering. Uh, he has an addiction and he has sexual trauma in his history. And his therapist gave him a God box. Oh, nice. And he, uh, the therapist put all these things in the God box that she knows he's working with but not able to, you know, get to or, you know, accomplish. And she said, now, you know, God knows how to do this. And it took him the longest time. He said, there's things in there. There's no way I'm going to be able to do them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I had to kind of, a conversation. I was like, and that's the idea. You don't. God does. And so the more I can kind of relax into that, that all I have to do is know that I want this outcome. I want to be peaceful. I want to be, you know, stay in recovery. Whatever it is, I don't have to know. And the spiritual practice part, sabotage maybe comes in for me because I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's some some sort of panic to go ahead and just let the thing blow up because I think it's going to blow up anyway because I don't know how to do it. But maybe if I just relax and breathe and let nature take its course, let spirit do what it does, Mm -hmm. there can be an amazing unfoldment way beyond my knowing. Yeah, so I'm thinking about not the Prosperity Plus class, but another four-week program that I started near the end of the month and uh, the, near the end of the year. And I think about, oh, you know, the the person who led the program and cre- after the workshop in person gave us a 30-day program. Do these things for 30 days, and uh. I can guarantee you that you will see um, changes, positive changes in your level of prosperity and your attitude about prosperity, blah, blah, blah. And so given a recipe, uh-huh. for, you know, given structure, yes. for many people that's easy to do. And I'm thinking over the course of the 30 days, I talked to at least six people who, who, were, who started the process with me. Uh-huh. And it just hit me that, you know, when someone has the structure and has the has made the decision, has the structure and agrees to it, makes an agreement between me and God, where I'm going to do this, and then it's like, oh no, this is too hard, or oh no, I'm not going to do this, or oh no, I can't do it right, so I'm not going to do it, it's, or oh well, I did it for the first three days and I really liked it, but you know, I got really busy. It's like too cold we, to get that laptop out of the car. When we don't follow through on the commitments we make out of the agreement, right? then we feel bad about ourselves, and then we don't get stepped back into the game. Yes, we can really get knocked off our feet. Yeah. And that then turns into self-sabotage, because nobody else can get us back on our feet. <laughs> nobody else can do it, those things for us. Um, our time is winding down, but I, one of the things that just went through my mind was something that someone said to me when they, when I told them we were going to be talking about self-sabotage, and they they said that they know for them what happens is they're, they will stop because they're waiting until they feel they can control the process or the outcome even though it's something that they may not be able to do. And when they said that, the thought that went through my head was, oh, yeah, it's that old waiting for all the lights to be green. I've got to drive two miles down the road, and there is a stoplight every two blocks. 
But unless from where I'm starting, if I can't see that all the lights are green, then I might as well not even go. What's the point? Because I see there's danger ahead. Right. Or I see there's something that's going to slow me down or that's going to be in the way. Instead of waiting till realizing that if you start here and there are stoplights every two or four blocks, you don't want them to be all green right now. <laughs> yeah. Because by the time you get to Very good metaphor. That's right. Exactly right. But if this one right here is green, especially on our streets in most large cities, you know, lights are somewhat synchronized. Right. And if you're driving the speed limit, if you're going with the appropriate velocity, the flow, that when you get to the next light, it's going to turn green. Poof. And when you get to the next light, it's going to turn green. Poof. Your job, my job, is to simply put my foot on the gas and go. And trust. <laughs> trust. 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 That's the word. <laughs> that is counterintuitive to self-sabotage. Yes, it is. So, um, you know, there's a part of me that's like, maybe we should do part two of this next week. <laughs> No, goodness gracious, we must move on to receive. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too, actually. <laughs> and by the time, my actually one of the reasons I don't have intentions yet, I believe, one of the reasons I don't have my intentions finalized yet is because three weeks ago when we decided that's what we were going to do, that these this series of uh -huh, shows, uh -huh. I actually remember saying to myself, Oh, yeah, that would be great because by the time we get to receiving, I'll have my intentions for the year and I'll know what I want to receive. And so I kind of placed an order with the universe <laughs> that my intentions would be finalized by the time we do this. Oh, ah, I love it. So my guess is they're going to all fall into place over the next week or so. Awesome. So anything else on self-sabotage? You know, I uh, I just have too many stories to even begin. But that, you know, that, would that be an intention to not self-sabotage? That's not a good to not do something. But to receive, to to simply do, to simply do, and not get caught in that this year. Because I do that a lot, and I've actually kind of grown to be entertained by it, which is a really bad thing. Yes, especially I find, it, I find it very entertaining myself. Yeah. It's so sad. So, yes, yeah, so somehow I need to have a, a, an affirmation. What would be an affirmation that I could use to not self-sabotage? I am, come on, Tracy Brown, be smart. I am something. I'm not going to say I am not self-sabotaging. No, that's not, a that's good, not yeah. an affirmation, no. That's I affirmation am sabotage-free. No, I don't like that. I don't want to use the word sabotage in it. I am. What am I trying to manifest? You're trying to manifest your intentions. You do what is important to you. You execute on your commitments to yourself in this particular case. I fulfill my... Uh, Commitments effortlessly and easily. I fulfill my commitments consistently. Consistently. I'm not sure about the effortlessly or easily. I want it to be effortless and easy. <laughs> Should I put that in my affirmation? Sure, if you believe it. I can. Well, uh, that's the first step to believing it, isn't it? We should.
do is show all this, the steps to it. Because many times I don't believe the affirmations when I first start saying them, but they're like a mantra. Yeah, and, and then, then they, 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 they kind of exactly. they chip become away. your belief. But the, the focus isn't on effortlessly and easily. The focus is on doing. Doing, even though I want it to be effortless. Yeah, you've got to get the first part stronger <laughs> and then make it effortless. Oh. If you're listening out there, I want it to just have it effortless as I'm doing it. Okay, so I am, I I consistently follow through on my commitments. Is that it? That could be it. How does it feel? It's not really it. I feel great when I... Do you? I feel great. Oh, you I do? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm giving you ideas. <laughs> what Are I you think, right? I, and I time is running out, oh, but what I, I think, think is important. Oh, I think, think about this. Well, this is great, though. But, uh, how do you create affirmations in real time right. that support what you're working on? And, and what is coming to me is that it would be helpful for you to have feeling in this particular affirmation. Uh-huh. I love doing daily notes. No, that's yeah, the wrong feeling. <laughs> yeah, so when you love, love doing daily notes, how will I know? How would I know if I were a video cam following you around in the world? Um, how could I tell that you love it? What would you be doing? Or what would you... Oh. I love how my daily note is complete. And then I would be really like high-fiving my observer eye. Be like, see, told you I could do it. See, told you I could do it. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Good little Leslie, good little Leslie. <laughs> Go to sleep now. Joyful, joyful, joyful. I mean, that's the feeling yeah. that the affirmation has to make. Uh-huh. Not just you saying these words and it's all coming from your head. Because, see, your whole face, your whole vibration is like 15 times higher. Yeah. I'm happy. Just, I love following through on my commitments <laughs> easily and effortlessly. Yes. I am happy my daily note is done. I love that. I am much better. I need to write this down and give me a pen. I am happy my daily note is done. And so I'm going to do that all week. I'm going to have that as my mantra. It's a mantra in the mornings when I meditate. I am happy my daily note is done. And you heard it here live <laughs> on Say Yes to Spirit. We'll see if this stuff works, Tracy Brown. And we'll okay. talk about it next week there when we come back on Say Yes to Spirit to talk about <gasps> receiving. Yeah. Until then, say yes to, to spirit. spirit.